Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 61. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine. If you haven't already, head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription and start reading the only magazine that is covering what it's like to have a life that is full of travel while also working, aka being a digital nomad. So about a year ago, I was thinking about interviewing more than just people and also focusing on products and places. And I haven't really done anything with a couple of the episodes that I recorded. Now, it's really important to understand that these episodes are not sponsors. It's not a paid promotion. It's just companies that I think have a cool story. And today's guest has a really cool story on how their company started. So on this episode, I get to chat with Jason, the CEO and president from Pressure Pro. And we'll share how his family started a tire pressure monitoring system that travelers love. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right. With that, I want to welcome Jason to the show. Jason, how are you? Very well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm actually really excited about this because I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, I do this high low thing at the end and I had to stop people from saying their low is a flat tire because so many of us as full-time RVers experience that. And then I thought this is something we need to talk about. But before we get into everything, I want to go back because one of the things I did read that I love is that this company started with an idea on a napkin. And I think anytime you hear of a company that starts with an idea on a napkin, it always gets my goosebumps as an entrepreneur kind of going. So I'd love to just if you can tell me a little bit about the history of the company, and then we'll get into kind of what you do, and then we'll get into what the products are for our viewers. Sure. No, that's a, a great place to start. In fact, I still have a, a representation of the said napkin here in my office now. It's just a reminder I like to keep around of, you know, kind of where we came from. But really, you know, if my dad was an early, just a, a serial entrepreneur for a lot of his life with restaurants, clothing stores, even anything that he could kind of market and he envisioned to bring to the market. This came from a, a gentleman who visited him with an idea, a truck driver who said, I've, I've got this idea. You know, I don't have much more than that at this point, but here's how I envision all working. And it started a conversation and went back and forth for, for about a year's time before my dad basically bought the, bought the idea from him and went from that napkin to a product um, to where we are now. So, of course, there's a lot of details inherent in there. My dad was just a, a serial entrepreneur who saw this idea and always thought about how I can have not just a product, but uh, you know, start a whole new market that wasn't really, really out there that he could kind of corner is how he envisioned it. You know, flash forward now and there's... There's a lot of TPMS companies just because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an important thing and uh, definitely room for, for a lot of competition out there. If I understand it, you guys were first to the space. First to the space as far as like direct TPMS. So there is a, a long history in tire pressure monitoring, just so I'm not saying TPMS and, and you don't know what that is. Tire pressure monitoring systems is kind of morphed into tire performance management systems as well. But you know, yeah, start, starting off, we we're the very first direct one, which means we send uh, a radio frequency signal from sensor, you know, it's right there on the valve stem up to a receiver. And we have a number of them that's in the, usually in the cab, you know, viewable for the RVer um, or, or stuff that's all, you know, Bluetooth now. But nobody else had done that before us. Everything else before when they were measuring for tire pressure, they were measuring like circumference of the wheel. Um, so they were, it was just, they knew they were off because it didn't match what the other wheels, the other tires were um, as far as total rotations. But it wasn't actually measuring the pressure that was inside the tire until we did it. 
very first U.S. patents, um, something that we still hold near and dear. Of course, you know, now there's, there's all kinds of people in the space, but they still use the same basic principles. 433.92 megahertz is the radio frequency. And basically, that's still the standard for almost every single tire pressure monitoring system today, including the one in your car that you, that you drive around on a daily basis. Yeah, I know. It's funny that I think my Dodge, well, I think my Lexus had it for sure, but my Dodge truck is the first one that I ever really like looked at because, you know, you're out pulling a rig and all of a sudden you hear a little like fumbling. You're like, wait, 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 what's going on? Is that the road or is that the tire? You'll switch to that. You'll look at it kind of thing. Now, so it sounds like it started obviously with truck drivers, which makes a lot of sense at the time. I think we're going back to the early nineties. There was a lot more really probably trucks on the road necessarily than especially full-time RVers or people that were going really long distances in their RV. So it started with truck drivers, but then obviously anyone that's full-timing, anyone that's heading kind of tire issues, they've jumped onto this product as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, just to go back to that, the, it really started from a truck driver. The idea did, but it wasn't ready for that market. No, which is just a lot harder on the sensors themselves. That's the only part that really takes a beating because we screw our sensors right onto the valve stem. So imagine them out there in the in the environments. They have to be very durable. And the very first product we made probably <laughs> didn't qualify as that. Uh, but that's something we can we can talk about. Um, it was really made for. We, we thought about truck drivers, but it turned out to be perfect for RVers. Um, because there's limitations with the product, you know, as far as the distance you could effectively get with the RF back then, with the very first ones, there was basically like stacked watch batteries in there that powered them. So they just weren't nearly as robust because you could open them up and, and take the batteries out. And anytime you can do that, it's, it's not a great, uh, great idea for 150,000 miles a year on any weather conditions, like in commercial trucking. So really started with RVers because we found that these were the perfect people who cared about it. They worried about their tires when they're out there because tires are a pain in the butt. Like you said, everybody has a tire nightmare story. I, I listened to a couple of your podcasts and in the first five minutes, they talk about their nightmare story, you know, where it happens the worst time and the worst location and you have a real hard time. So it was welcomed by the RV community. Um, they didn't travel 150,000 miles a year. You know, it was more like if you're really really pushing it. Maybe you'll go 20,000 miles or, or more in a year, but usually not a ton more than that. So it was a great environment for us to start on. And and the people in the community were just fantastic. You know, they would let us know if they, when they were pleased, if there was a problem, they would, you know, be polite about it, but they would always, you know, kind of work with us because there wasn't anything else out there at the time. We quickly became known as, as, as an RV product. You know, and even though it was a truck driver who brought it to us, we really weren't prepared for that until later on. So, yeah, that was something that came. Um, and this is in, to frame it. You know, we started in 1991 was our inception. Our first product that I was telling you about is called Tire Mate. We launched in 1994. And that was, and to tell you how cumbersome it was, that you had to put each sensor. It was, it could only be in one position. So imagine like front left or front right. And it could only be in like a five PSI pressure range. So it'd have sets for the front right, front left that were in 100 to 95, 95 to 98, and, and so on and so forth down. <laughs> so it was kind of an inventory nightmare. And like I said, just limitations to it, but set the seeds for this great idea, you know, that we could really improve on and make it easier and easier. Um, and that's exactly what happened. 
Yeah, I think anyone listening, if you look back and think about your original cell phone, your original computer, your original television, just how just clunky and terrible really they were. But at the time, we just thought it was the best thing. Yeah. I probably, I want to say in 2014, I finally got rid of this like 32 inch TV that was in my garage that we used. <laughs> I swore it weighed 150 pounds. I couldn't believe yeah. like that's how we carry TV. So I totally get it. And I love that you're being kind of transparent and honest and open about it because I think a lot of people don't, I think they kind of forget that part of their history, but that's part of the great history is, you know, the trial and error and the limitations in and around technology sure. and just how much has gotten better. Just even in the last 10 years, what technology's done has been phenomenal. Now, I will say that one of the things I was really excited about these systems is, you know, early detection in losing tire pressure or even notification of something blowing up. A lot of times when you're pulling up, let's say like in my case, a 40 foot, you know, rig, a tire can blow and you might not even know it really, you know, for a little while. And what I've learned is it's not the tire itself that it blowing up is the cost. It's the damage the tire can do to the undercarriage of your rig and to the other tire and to almost everything if you're just driving on it without any kind of notification. What is what is the TPMS like monitoring in today's technology? What are what is what are you getting? Is it just tire pressure or is it what else is it going after and and monitoring? No, you know that's a, it's a good question. From the from the beginning, uh, we know the first product that we made in in Taiwan actually, and brought it over here and, and private labeled it basically for ourselves to what it is now. It's it's completely different. So now the, the sensors basically look a lot the same. They still screw onto the valve stem as soon as they're pressurized. They turn on. They're measuring pressure and temperature every seven seconds. They're sampling it. So just continually in the background there, the, the microchip is sampling both pressure and temperature because there's a correlation there, you know, and you can really tell most things that you need just from the pressure, but it's nice to have temperature readings as well. Um, think of things like a brake hanging up that can cause excess of heat or a hub going bad. And this can be, you can really find out a lot from um, temperatures that are kind of getting into the, into the way too hot zone, um, especially when you compare them to the other tires on your rig. So yeah, you're, you're still looking for the same parameters because that hasn't changed. You know, tires have basically been the same for the last hundred years. Statistics tell us is that, you know, 95% plus of these incidences that are on the road that end up with you on the side of the road can be prevented. It's just a matter of not really having that intel, you know, and on in, in cars now, every car since 2007 in the United States has had to have TPMS and what they had anticipated was that it would reduce vehicle crashes by like 30,000 because they had estimated that's how many crashes were caused by tire failures. So transitioning this into the commercial and RV space hasn't happened yet just because it's a little bit harder to tackle, you know, with the amount of tires and having to change them out and rotate them, especially when you talk about commercial fleets. But that's what they're looking for. You know, this is people want to know if there's an issue. There's usually a lot more time than what you would think between that first warning, like my tire's going low, and when it starts to really get bad and build up heat and eventually fail. And that's exactly what happens with almost every single tire incident is, you know, you had some forewarning, but you have to do something about it. And unfortunately, the only market that comes with TPMS standard is the passenger car market right now. So, you know, there's, there's lots of options that are out there or just kind of been to, to make it as easy as possible. So we still have the sensors you can screw right on. Let's say you don't have to take the tire off. 
what we're looking for is the same. Basically, how do you interact with that system that has changed over time from the clunky first system to where we are now with apps, um, things that you know everyone wants to be uh, has their smartphone in the pocket already. So it's nice to be able to leverage that in today's technology. Yeah, I think my own kind of tire issue was I had a leaf spring break and it it pushed basically my two tires together and it caused a little bit of a fishtail. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this there's two lessons we learned in this trip was I was thinking it was fishtailing and I was getting kind of like, you know, from my co-pilot was, I don't think it is. And we learned really quick. We just don't argue. If one person says there's something wrong, you pull over and you sure. look at it. The other thing is, is that once we realized that we had a leaf spring break, the tires were rubbing against each other. And even though they didn't lose pressure, I would have probably got a heat warning or a temperature warning because of that rub. And it was unfortunate that it was like in the first couple of weeks of brand new tires. And I lost those two tires because I had driven way too long trying to assess if there was a fishtail issue. And it instantly, I probably would have got with a seven second kind of monitoring. I would have gotten some sort of notification that those two tires on that side were starting to heat up. I would assume that they would heat up rubbing together that way. And it would have probably one saved me a tire or tires and uh, it would have paid for itself right then and there. You know what I mean? And that's where I think people, it's one of those things that people get after they've already had a problem. And if they would have done it ahead of time, it would have saved them kind of a lot of issues, which is, which is interesting that we do that as consumers. What are some just some interesting tips and tricks that you might want to share in and around, you know, RVers and their tires? Like what are just, you know, some common day things that maybe we're not thinking about besides obviously getting one of these systems and then just anything else that you think you might want to add? You know what? I think that they really pay close attention when on all the people I've interacted with. And I have had the pleasure of kind of going out and grassroots uh, meeting people at some of the different RV shows where they're, they're in the middle of a, of a 15,000 mile venture and, and, and get to ask them, yeah, have you had any house system intriguing you? Have you what, what's your worst story? And there's, it seems like there's always, you know, something out there, but you know, it just seems that, you know, people are, are asking for, you know, a little bit more information than ever before, you know, as far as what's going on with their vehicle, they're very attentive with it. Um, but I would just say, pay attention to the basics, you know, look at at least, get out there and do a visual check of your tires. There was an incident just the other day where there was an indication that that finally came on our system. But if they would have done a simple, just visual check going around the vehicle, they would have seen that there was a a bolt that was in their tire that was um, about to cause them or no, a real issue. Um, But they probably traveled with it for, you know, thousands of miles before it was actually found, you know, and and maybe you could hear it if you were in a parking lot kind of clanking around a little bit, but this is a sizable bolt. But, you know, I just say, just do the common sense, go around the vehicle, give a visual inspection. You know, there's sometimes technology can help you, but this is something where it's the only thing touching the road. And of course I live this because since 1991, I've been involved with, with tire pressure monitoring, but now I've just, I've just heard so many stories of thankfulness. You know, that, Hey, you, you indicated this for me. And I was able to, to pull over and safely address this. And through word of mouth, basically, you know, we've been able to get to where we are now. Yeah, I know I kind of got all, off topic there. But, no, no, yeah. it's good stuff. But, the, uh, but these, uh, I can't go back. I can't say enough, really. The RV people in general are the reason why we got our start even in the commercial market later on. So, yeah, it's just a, a great community. And I promise you, they care about their tires. And 95% of them are out there. If they're not looking at them, they're, 
they know that these systems are out there now. And I think a lot of them, and as far as any group of vehicles in the entire world that doesn't have TPMS from the factory, I would say the U.S. RV market is more saturated than any other market. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I don't think that's, you know, some of it's our product, a lot of it's other competitive systems. Um, and I've always preached that. I, it's pr- having Pressure Pro, of course, I'm a big fan, but to have something on there because it's just mad just not to. It's too big of a vehicle and there's too many things that can happen if they go down and you don't take action. Like you said, you didn't even really know. You guys were debating in the cab whether you had a problem or not. And it could have really been devastating, you know, if you went a little bit longer and had a, you know, had a, a blowout that made you lose control. There's all kinds of stories you can see on YouTube and everywhere else if you want to. Um, and I hate that. You know, we're not ambulance chasers by any, by any means. It's just acting proactively, not reactively. And that's what we've made our whole business on. I hope you caught the two things that Jason said that I really liked. One is that even though you have this technology, you still have to rely on your own eyeballs, which I think is really smart. I think a lot of times we get caught up in technology and we think we don't need to use kind of old school or analog kind of technology, which is, yeah, you need to get out and still inspect them and take a look at them. You got plenty of time when you're filling up gas, go around and look at the, you know, the eight, either 10 tires you might have and take a look at it. The other thing I really liked, and I'm going to give you a little bit of props because I think in really in our society, this has stopped. What he's saying is have a system. He'd love for it to be pressure pro, but if it's not at least have a system that's very rare coming from a company in 2020. Most companies will tell you, if you're going to have it, just buy ours. That's what you need. And I love that I heard that from you, Jason. That's not scripted. That's not. That's just coming out genuine about your guys' company. And, and I've heard that kind of stuff about you guys before. And it's great that it just came out kind of naturally that the important part is being safe. And uh, when you have a company that that's kind of their driving force and they're educating and telling people, it makes you just want to do business more with you. At least, you know, that's what I hope the listeners are hearing right now. Because that's a genuine heart. And I really appreciate that. No, thanks for saying that. It's, it's not, it does come from the heart. Um, and yeah, I have my father in mind, you know, a lot of time I was thinking about that, but there's a lot of good systems out there. We get along with most of them. There's a few people I probably don't like in the industry, but it's a, uh, it's pretty close. And I've been, I've probably visited some of the factories even of, of our competitors. So, Hey, we're always just trying to be one step ahead, but I'd be foolish to say that there's not other good systems out there. Is there other stuff that you should be monitoring? I mean, I don't know tires well enough to think that there should be something besides um, pressure and temperature. Is there something else that technology should be looking at, or is that really it in regards to making sure your tires are safe? So right now, those are the those are the two things you need to worry about. And if a person who really is a, a tire professional would tell you that pressure reading can tell you everything that you need. That if your pressure is going low, that you'll have an adverse effect, and your your temperature will get higher because there's more bend and flex to all of the metal that's inside of your tire and everything. And you know, through, just like bending a hanger back and forth in the middle of it, eventually you'll have a, a hot spot. You'll be surprised just how hot that can get. But those are really the two parameters that you need to worry about. Now, are we looking for other things beyond that as a as a company? Now, sure. Yeah, we have a lot of other things going on in the commercial and industrial markets where they want to see rotation of the tire and more accelerometers that can be introduced for the most part. That's all that, that that's really important, you know, on that there. And like you said, your, your incident there where your tires were rubbing together, you definitely would have gotten a temperature. I mean, as long as everything was working, I didn't, you know, rub the sensor off. Somehow. <laughs> but assuming the sensor was still on there and, and, and reading, you would have known that, that you would have seen that temperature rising up. You can actually see it right there on any display. And then also you, you can set your parameters for, when do you want to be alerted? 
And you know, that's the only thing that's really can, can, can change from person to person. Some people don't want to be bugged with it unless it's kind of a critical problem. Um, other people, they want to know if they go, if they go down, you know, to PSI, they're, they're thinking something's wrong. You know, those are the two things. And, and, and to be real honest, it's, if you, a lot of people think they have a problem after they can finally see what's going on with their tires. Cause they'll get on the road and they'll start at say 50 PSI on a tire just as a baseline. And while they're up there cruising for a while, it'll get up to 60 PSI just because it, it moves up. That's just the science of tires. And they're, they're thinking something's going wrong now just because there's visibility. But there's not. Um, you know, you start to pick up on those little things and, and figure out where you want to be alerted at. But for the most part, we just do it right out of the box, make it pretty easy, show you pressure and temperature on the on the screen. Um, and that's kind of what the uh, the baseline is in the industry. I don't think there's anything else being looked at unless they're looking at you know, like wheel wobble, you know, you had talked about, that's something that we're thinking about when I was talking about those extra sensors. Um, and that's something that hopefully we'll be introducing uh, in the next year or two. Yeah. That's something I think I see more in passenger vehicles. I've waved people down where I see a tire that looks like the lug nuts are loose, but you know, I can speak for myself and most RVers we're going out there and doing, you know, some lug nut checks, you know, when we're taking off and heading off on long journeys. And I've learned too, that I feel like I've backed up my, max time of driving without like a good break because of that. Like I just, and, it, and I might be wrong. It might just be a, like an old wise tale or something to that effect. But you know, about three hours of driving is kind of my hot spot before I stop thinking that, you know, a six hour drive without really stopping besides fuel, that's just a lot to put on those tires, especially if they haven't been, you know, two weeks kind of in one spot. Now I'm going to get out and do a six hour drive. I've always stuck to about the three hour kind of range, which you know, I, I've noticed with my old school, like heat gun that I get out and I put on the tire that they stay within the realm of kind of where they need to be for safety. But you brought up a good point, And I don't know if this can even be answered. Where should people put their parameters in something like this? I mean, where do you say there, there potentially could be a problem? I, I heard you kind of say it's based on the user. But is there if your PSI, let's say is supposed to be 80, is there a 10%, 20%? Like where should the red flag alert system be going off when you have something like that? Well, that's a good question. Out of the box, we already have it set so people don't have to worry about it. They can go and install their system, power it up, and uh, away they go. And when we alert, we have what's called a reference pressure. So I'm, I'm going to use simple numbers just to make the math easy. They, uh, you want all of your tires to be 100 PSI. We're on a, a diesel pusher here, Damien, just for example. If the reference pressure is 100, that's kind of your perfect... Your, your perfect pressure zone, um, all of the alerts would come based off of that. So you can have, you, you can, you have, and you can change that wherever you want. Our first alert would come in at 15% low, and then we have a 25% low for a critical alert. We're also measuring for high pressure, just in case it goes the other direction. And that's usually a 25% over pressure, just so it gives some room for it to naturally increase on the road, but not, it should never be that high. And then also for temperature, which we set a baseline of 185 degrees which is pretty hot, you know, but you can take those parameters and, and lower them so that you can get alerted sooner if you want to. Right now on that tire, if you have it out of the box, you wouldn't get a, your first alert until you got down to 85 PSI, which is a significant leak. Um, at the same time, it, it, you're still safe, you know, to be driving around at, at 85 PSI on that. It's just something that you definitely need to know about and keep an eye on at that point. We set those baselines just so that we could go through the normal environmental concerns, you know, going from summertime in Florida to wintertime up in Canada. You know, you need to be able to have some 
a flexibility on how high and how low your pressures are without being alerted, you know, just so you're not crying wolf and, and people don't want to pull the plug on you. You know, what we want to do is create an environment where when you get an alert, you know that there's something actually wrong and that you want to take action right away. Because without the action, you know, the ROI on any product for TPMS is infinity. You know, you'll never get it back. But, you know, you take that action, especially, you know, you can think about that in a fleet environment, you can really increase efficiencies. With your RV, you know, you're just looking to, to save that tire and to avoid that roadside call. And, you know, like you said, the other damage that comes along with it, not just the tire that you're losing or the people or, or getting the people out there, assuming you don't already have some roadside service. You know, it's the collateral damage that you get from that tire whipping around at, you know, you don't want to know what those speeds are after it separates, you know, but hundreds of miles per hour in fiberglass and everything else is whipping around. You've seen some, it looks like a bomb went off, you know, on some of these things. So um, just to get back to the point on those parameters that we set are are because we've got a lot of experience and we figured that's where you're going to be alerted when you need to without being bugged by it, basically. But everyone's different. With fleets, they constantly change it to where, you know, it's kind of their sweet zone to where they want to, where they can keep an eye on it. With individuals, I wouldn't be surprised if they change it on a weekly basis sometimes because they have so much windshield time, you know, it gives them something else to kind of keep an eye on. There's a fickle bunch out there. <laughs> Without a doubt. No, no. They, they love seeing this stuff. They never knew all these things were happening with their tires. Now they're like, what else can you tell me about it? I have actually seen some dashboards on some of these trucks that, you know, for RVers that look like airplanes. They have so many <laughs> gadgets up on there. They, that, that's their little sweet spot. They love that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's awesome that it comes right out of the box. I, I like hearing that because again, trying to figure out like, you know, I mean, we, we rely on companies like you that have 30 years experience and, you know, especially, you know, if you're a newbie, I mean, I've been on the road three years. I still consider myself somewhat of a newbie and it is interesting to know that that stuff's coming out of the box, ready to go. But then it also gives me the opportunity as I get more seasoned and maybe want to monitor it a little different than just kind of the status quo in a sense that I can do that, which is really cool. One of the things that you just made me think of when you said it looks like a bomb going off. A lot of times people ask, you know, should I run my fridge while we're driving? And I'm not going to answer that question for you. But once you find out that a lot of propane lines run right through the tire well. And you're not talking about, I mean, if anybody out here does not own an RV, you're not talking about tire wells that are like on your truck where there's like actual, you know, material there to stop it from going into the truck bed and stuff like that. It's all wide open. It's, there's not like a, like a little wheel area, you know, and people do put those in, they'll go in and put some, you know, some sort of steel or some sort of metal to kind of help protect it. But that's not there that if that tire stays engaged and flips, it is like a little saw chewing through things. And if there's a, you know, propane line that's running propane and you don't have an emergency cutoff, you've got an interesting situation happening. So it is huge. But yeah, no, I didn't either until I I went to a, like an RV training Academy and I was down, you know, replacing out my, uh, my brakes. And he's like, Hey, I want to show you something really quick. And we were just talking about like the importance of solar is kind of interesting that you can run your fridge off your batteries while you're driving and be safe as opposed to propane, which has the lines going right through in some models, but depending on where the kitchen is. And I was like, geez, that's crazy. I never thought about that. Especially if you have like a rear fireplace that's running on propane heat, you know, obviously it has to go past the wheels to get to that. The other thing too, that I think is just, and I talked about a little, it's the peace of mind. It's, you know, like that part of it, you know, it's, it's, you shouldn't just rely on this technology, but it is nice. Like I said, when, 
I feel like maybe my truck has a little bit of a flat and it's the road just doing something weird. It's nice to be able to just switch over and take a look and be like, nope, all the pressures are good. There is that just peace of mind as of pulling over a 40 foot rig to just double check when the road is making a weird sound. And not that you would actually really feel the road making a weird kind of sound on your rig. You don't really feel it in your truck. So the peace of mind factor is a really good ROI, especially when driving. Let's talk about the different models real quick. And if there are different models, I mean, I I really try not to do too much research ahead of time. So that way it is really conversational. Are there different models that people in different ways that they can purchase these systems? Or is it just like, hey, here's our RV product. This is the one you need to get. Yeah, we have a, a lot of different products. I'll try to focus on the ones that would be used, you know, more like this recreational realm. Because we, because now we have a multitude of different interfaces for, you know, commercial, industrial. We're the, we make all of the TPMS for Caterpillar, imagine, for big haul trucks and for wheel loaders. So that's different than you would use in anything in this space. And then we also sell in 50 different countries now. So they're um, sometimes what is popular here in the States or what's really effective in the market isn't the same as what they need say in India or in Russia, which are a couple of our big hotspots, believe it or not, in like the mining regions. So what people are probably the most familiar with uh, when it comes to Pressure Pro is what we call our, our legacy monitor. And that was a, uh, a red LCD display that would tell you exactly, it was just a number basically right there on the screen. And you can have a little bit of a, a PhD in order to, in, in Pressure Pro technology in order to use it without the instruction manual anyway. But we've transitioned away. In 2015, we introduced a model called the Pressure Pro Pulse. And it is uh, our, still our flagship product. Um, it's perfectly good application for anybody who wants to have a monitor inside their cab of their vehicle. Um, it can be used for RVs. It can be used for commercial applications. Um, it can monitor up to 100 tires. You can see all of your pressures and temperatures at the same time or one position at a time. Um, and it's actually user-friendly and intuitive in the fact that you can go through with a back button, enter button, and without knowing anything about pressure probe, with a, you know, a second or third grade education <laughs> program, a system pretty easily. And then what we've just morphed to, and we're super excited about in 2018, we introduced our Pressure Pro FX, which is the, of the BLE hub. And so our sensors read directly to this uh, mod, this receiver that's in the cab, but it's usually visible, but discreet. It does have an indicator light in case you don't have your phone with you, but it's a, a Bluetooth hub for any tablet or phone which is what everything is going to. So with you, Damien, you know, you have a truck already. What year is your, you said you had a Dodge? Yeah, it's a 2014. And then I have a 2017 uh, Grand Design fifth wheel. Yeah, so both of your vehicles already have, or your, or your fifth wheel doesn't, but your Dodge already has TPMS from the factory. And so, you know, a lot of people don't, don't want to have a clunky display right there on their dashboard when they already have other stuff. They could have GPS already, um, especially when they already have TPMS right there on, their, on the dashboard for their vehicle. So this, it just creates another avenue, basically, that's a little bit lower cost and simpler to install and also has that kind of cool factor with the app on it. Um, like I said, that's called our FX. And then, and then we've even, and that does give us the ability to actually grab that information and see it and actually provide service on the back end for it as well. So imagine there's a tire going down the road, you're traveling down in, in Iowa. I was just going through there yesterday and, and you encounter a flat tire. You know, we could actually be able to, to have that visibility to contact you and let you know where the closest service station is that you can find in order to, to get help, you know, for the situation. That's not something that we have out of the box right now. This is something that we're working on just to kind of connect all the dots using the technology that's at hand and, and the partners are already out there in the market. 
So those three, those, and, and besides those, there is a, like a black box behind the dash. We call it our gateway for people who design us in to their whole dashboard. So people, I mean, you've probably heard of, uh, of Tiffin Motor Coaches, great company down in Red Bay, Alabama. And they're, uh, they put us in from the factory. You'd never know it was pressure pro unless you went down and inspected the wheels. But right there on their dashboard is pretty cool. You can see the representation of the vehicle and all the tire pressures and temperatures. And it's all built into the whole vehicle system. It's just different levels of of integration, different levels of uh, what the customer wants to see, basically. That's awesome. Now, I know a lot of my listeners will be like, what do they cost? And here's what I can tell you about podcasts. Podcasts are evergreen. So even if I could get Jason to go through the different costs, it's always changing. So what I would rather have Jason do is just tell people where they can find it and kind of look it up and understand, you know, the differences between the different uh, packages and then they can find the costs there. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to www.pressurepro.us. That's our website. Um, you can see the different systems that we offer there. I think it does give all the retail pricing. You can download the catalog it, and more importantly, it, it leads you to all of our dealers and distributors where you can find the, the closest people to service us. We, um, we can take care of people here from our home, but um, we work with a distribution model and we have a lot of different people that specialize in the different areas that they're probably already buying stuff from. So we're the, uh, we're still the only uh, built in the USA tire pressure monitoring systems. Our factory here in, here in Kansas city and in Lansing, Michigan, we're available for purchase in probably, you know, 50 different retail markets across the U S and that's probably the best place to go look is there on our website. Awesome. Well, Jason, I just want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with us and talking about obviously the, the company your dad started really on a napkin, talking to a truck driver and then just how you and your family are still running it. You know, I think there's a lot of information here for people that maybe have just haven't been thinking about it or needed just that little kind of push to get that peace of mind. And then obviously have that little extra layer of protection in and around probably one of our most precious accessories we have, which is our tires. So I thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, another great episode. I really enjoyed getting to share Jason's family story, and I'm a sucker for any business that starts on a napkin, in a garage, or, like Rootless Living, in an RV. If you want to learn more about Pressure Pro, you can visit them at pressurepro.us, or you can click the link in the show notes. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. And if you use the hashtag Rootless Living, we'll try to share it as well. And like always, if you think you know someone that'd make a good guest, or you can think of really cool products or campgrounds or places or, or whatever you can think of that has an interesting and unique story, have them email us at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And again, if you think you would make a special guest, you can email us as well. I'd love to help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.